Hey, I'm Drea, and this is Unpopular Passion. What's up, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Unpopular Passion. I'm excited to be joined by my guest today because I have already had the pleasure of being a guest twice now on his podcast, the Jabari Vok podcast, and getting to know him through being on his show and social media, he's definitely become someone that I admire for a couple of things. One, for all of the amazing work he does to help others, majorly through the nonprofit he works with, Life in My Days. And another thing I admire so much about him is he is so unapologetically himself. He speaks his mind and stands up for what he believes in. But he does this all while welcoming and respecting the opinions of others, which is something I feel like is very lost on most people today. Just because someone may not think the same way that you do or may not agree on something with you doesn't mean you need to be against them. And I think we could all afford to think that way a little bit more. So please welcome Jamar Jabari. Exactly. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Hello again. <laughs> oh, great, 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 great. I fucking met people from my Halawasaponi tribe today, and I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, was that a coincidence that it was it Indigenous was a People's Day? Oh, God, oh. yes, it was. Um, because oh, wow. I'm in New Haven. I live in New mm-hmm. Haven, and uh, the their, their reservation is in North Carolina now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was not expecting to meet them at all. But lo and behold, I told somebody that I was, they was like, are you indigenous as well? I was like, yeah, I'm Hollowessa Pony tribe. And they were like, oh, we got a few Hollowessa Pony people that came to visit. It's like, what? Oh, wow. Where are they? So cool. <laughs> and yeah, we just like exchanged information. There's like, you could be actually our cousins. I was oh, like, what? That'd be cool, actually. <laughs> I got more cousins. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. I'm actually like really trying to find out more about like my native side and everything because i have no idea like what tribe or anything like that about myself oh we we can find out i'll help you find out you, oh. it mostly start with last names you gotta okay. um, like send your last name around stuff like okay that. well i'm definitely gonna take you up on that because i've been trying to figure it out <laughs> yeah let me know what research you have so far and then you know we can go from there yeah yeah for sure well thanks for um coming on today the roles are reversed today <laughs> Yep, yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I've done yours twice now, and it's always been fun. But yeah, thank you so much for coming out, you know. Um, yeah, of course. I it always enjoy it. How long have you been doing your podcast for? Uh, since I started it this year. Okay. In March. Oh, damn. All right. Damn. Yeah. I feel like you... Not even a year. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I would have guessed longer. It just seemed like it. I don't know if it was from, like, the type of guests you have or anything, but I don't know. It's just, I would have guessed longer. Well, you know, I started it because I have a huge, extensive background um, for the last five years in um, grassroots organizing. Mm. Um, okay. And I work for... A nonprofit called Life in My Days, which I'll tell more about um, later on in the um, interview. Um, and I just met so much great connections and, mm-hmm. stuff, and great people from all different types of walks of life. And I just felt like I had to like let the story be told, like let yeah, you know, let people figure them out and know them. <laughs> I love that. That's actually really similar to like why I wanted to start too. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Just like finding myself being surrounded by so many amazing people. And I'm like, I need people to hear your stories. Be- and right. 
be inspired the way I am by you. Right. You know? And you never know what that story can do for somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know? it's yeah. I love that. Part. <laughs> a few of the guests that I've heard from you definitely have, have touched me. That's really, that makes me really happy to hear actually. Whenever anyone says something like that to me, I'm like, that is the goal. Like if even one of the episodes like could affect you in some way, I'm like, that's it. Sometimes it takes that one thing to hear and just like snap you into a good mindset or make you realize something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I love like that. Shit. So the thing I want to start off asking is what would you say is your biggest passion in life? Damn, biggest <laughs> biggest passion. Okay, I mean there are, there can be multiple. This is definitely taken yeah. different routes, which I love. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that my biggest passion would be just looking at all the things I do because I wear many hats. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just connection, connection with humans. Okay, I really enjoy. I'm I'm a, I'm 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 an extrovert as fuck. I really enjoy my. It's funny because my my girlfriend she is an introvert and mm-hmm. I'm an extrovert as fuck, but I try to hold it down and not be as extroverty. Oh and really? Like that. So you guys like kind of balance each other out. Yeah, we kind of balance each other out. Yeah. yeah. I'm I, I'm always networking. I'm always talking to new people. Always building um, relationships with other people and stuff. It's 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 really crazy. Um. So I would say my biggest passion is just human connection. I really love learning about new people, being around people, mm-hmm. um, talking about educational things yeah. 24-7. Um, that's one, and I think that's why I just love music as much is because I love sharing space with people mm-hmm. and I love performing for people. Um, I love being charitable for people as a as an organizer Mm -hmm. Uh, I love helping people you know I I think that's like I just I I enjoy being around people yeah (laughs) it's my biggest passion (laughs) I could yeah I was curious what your answer was gonna be because I mean with that I can definitely see that at the root of everything that you do because I mean, the thing for me that sticks out the most, like when I think of you is activism. And Mm -hmm. so that's definitely a big way to connect with people, like putting those things out there and talking about those things that a lot of people don't want to talk about. And if I like, honestly, I feel like, like I admire you so much for that because sometimes I'm one of those people that's like a little timid sometimes wanting not to say too much because I just don't want to deal with what other people could possibly say back to me. And it's not like I'm not open to the conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm, I'm totally open to the conversation. The issue for me is trying to have a conversation with someone who isn't open to hearing the other side. Mm. Cause then Mm. it's like, well, what are we doing then? Yeah. And that can be, that can be tricky. Yeah. Um, And I'm the kind of person that is like, look, you could be as long as you're not a Nazi or anything yeah. like that. Like, yeah, there's extreme cases that it's right. <laughs> it's not gonna work I regardless. Sit down and fucking have a beer with you, mm-hmm. with your Trump supporting ass or your 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 Biden supporting ass, whichever one. I could sit down and have a beer with you and have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. And I won't I won't come I won't come at you in a way that makes you feel threatened. I would have a dialogue with you. Yeah. And it takes a lot of patience in that, you oh, know? For sure. especially being black and indigenous, you know, because mm-hmm. literally those are two groups that literally has every right to be like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like, I don't know. I just, I just, um, I, I, I try to see the good in people. I think that's what my problem is. My girlfriend says that a lot. Like she problem. I don't think that's I a problem. <laughs> good in people. It's hard, you know, because, you know, a lot of people are trash and you shouldn't give them the time of day, but I just can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another thing too. Cause like, yeah, they can be, but at least you've taken the time to figure that out and you didn't just right. write them off right away and say that they were without really knowing. Right, because we are all broken, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, we all, no no struggle is 
worse than any other struggle. Yeah. I, I firmly believe that. I do too. I, when I talk about activism, because, you know, I've been in activism for a while. Yeah. Um, I started out as a, um, a Democrat and I used to knock on doors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I just never felt really, I didn't feel like I was doing enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know what was it that I wasn't feeling. Um, Cause I always wanted to help make a change, you yeah. know, that's a big deal with me. Um, my, my dad's a pastor, so he always feels like he's making a change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I'm not Christian. I don't really have a religion, but I definitely like have that trait in me that I guess I hear it from him feeling like you got to make a change 24 seven. Yeah. Um, so that's how I started. And when Bernie Sanders campaign happened, um, that's what really got me like juiced up. And I was like, what is this socialism? This shit sounds cool. <laughs> and then, you know, it went down the rabbit hole and ended up joining uh, a pro black, pro queer, just pro everything that is about equality mm-hmm. uh, socialist party called the party for socialism and liberation. And that's where I got a lot of good training. Yeah. That's how I got, I, they trained me in working class issues. Mm-hmm. They trained me in um, understanding that no matter where we, no matter who we are as working class people. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. She's in heat. I'm sorry. <laughs> You might hear a little bit. It's cool. Um, yeah, it's just they just taught me how no, no matter where we come from as working class people all abroad, all over the world, we have a lot more in common oh, as yeah. working class people than we don't than we realize. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I just fed off of that. That just that just made me so excited. That's why I think that's what made me make it easier to talk to people from all different types of beliefs oh, okay. to just understanding that at the end of the day like they may see it this way but they are a working class person just like me mm-hmm. and we working class people we only want one thing you know we want to be able to live yeah take care of our family prosper and not be um, bent over backwards in the process of doing it, that exactly and that's why we work mm-hmm. <laughs> so even just understanding that as a common ground it it, it literally got me um understanding just how life should be yeah and i want to be a part of making that for people um yeah i love and, that and then yeah. did you work for the nonprofit before this or was this also kind of something that came out of that so before that i was working for a nonprofit. i always worked for nonprofits. Okay. i had so i have so many jobs <laughs> i work for hospitals well too um but um, I got into Life in My Days, which is a org that focuses on peer support group. Um, okay. Have you heard of the curriculum uh, transformative, transformative Justice? I have not, no. Um, yeah, we, we used to do courses for that. We're trying to get back into that, but it takes some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Life in My Days started from a refugees community. A Palestinian, queer Palestinian community. Oh, wow. Um, queer, queer and trans. Um, the founder is a trans activist. He's, uh, they are Palestinian as well, too, named okay. Ahmed. And they are now in Northern Ireland getting their master's degree. They're younger than me, which is insane. <laughs> when you meet them, they're li- you could tell just how much life they had lived. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, how the hell are you younger than me? Like, yeah. <laughs> I've met a lot of young people like that too, where I'm just like, are you, how we're like a decade apart and you're doing all this and this mindset already? (laughs) I interviewed them on my podcast. They are episode 12, I believe on the first season. Okay. Um, And they are, they just know they're, they're so knowledgeable. They're so knowledgeable. And just meeting him from the first time I was like drawn to this person. I was like, I need to like learn how do you click? Yeah. You come from a war ridden place that's kind of, that's definitely similar to what happened to indigenous people mm-hmm. 200 years ago with losing their land, their land being taken away. And that's happening now to Palestinians. And we're watching it happen. We're watching it happen, right? 
and you come here to this country that is literally a, are using our tax dollars to continue that mm-hmm. and you and they are like the most sweetest person on the goddamn planet their family is amazing um their sister um shout out to lena is a world famous artist oh um, wow he has amazing art um i should send you a link one uh, after this interview yeah um, i definitely want to check that out so yes their family is freaking amazing um and we have a chapter in Jordan and we have a chapter here in New Haven, Connecticut, and it's Muslim led and trans and queer led. And right now we're doing mutual aid projects and I am over the uh, events coordination. So I handle the art galleries. I handle the open mics. Oh, that um, sounds so fun. Right. We did an open mic yesterday for indigenous people's day and it was i did so see your post about that that looked cool yeah yeah um mario pinto was my headliner um he's actually from nicaragua and he was educating people about nicaraguan struggle and mm-hmm. the multiple revolutions they had and stuff um he taught me how to play hand drums he was my original teacher to teach me how to play hand drums he's the oh, reason cool. why i'm a musician today wow <laughs> Great. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's life in my days. Life in my days is just so incredible. Um, we are struggling right now because we we use our funds to just help help mm-hmm. out grassroots. Yeah, we give them a lot of money. You know, we gave one one, one immigrant uh, friendly group that is helping immigrants with food and all types of needs. We gave them 10 grand and we're always trying to just give out all this money to help people so that's amazing you know we're losing money and but you're always doing good with it though yeah (laughs) yeah whenever like i know before i mean probably like before the past couple years i would just think that any charity was a good charity to donate to because of course you would think that right and Mm -hmm. it's only yeah within the past couple of years i've really started to do research and be like okay wait how much of my donation is going to what it says it's going to and how much of it is profit. And so just, yeah. So I've really been trying to focus on, like you said, grassroots organizations, nonprofits and things like that. Mm -hmm. And just avoiding huge like company fundraisers or anything, because you just really don't know how much is actually helping. Right. And even with nonprofits, um, certain nonprofits, you definitely have to be care of. Mm. When you look into, because all these people's salaries are, out in the open. You could check and Google these people's salaries. Mm-hmm. You're seeing people that are supposed to have these nonprofit organizations to help in homelessness as being a business. Yeah. They're they're making they're making like six figures mm-hmm. just to have a nonprofit yeah. to end homelessness. They yeah. need homelessness just so they could make six figures mm-hmm. a year. Yeah, everything's um, a so, fucking business, man. And it's right. Ugh. Right. That's the issue with certain nonprofits. Yeah. But hey, we live in a capitalist state. So of course it's going to be that way. Yeah. You have I mean, to make a living. Yeah. Everything <laughs> is to make money. And it's, it right. is like, it's the necessary evil of things at the end of the day. It is. Mm-hmm. It's like, I guess I want to save the children, but how am I going to be able to pay my bills? Yeah. And it's I get like, that. It's also like, how can I help someone if I can't even help myself? Right. But, exactly. you know, don't take it to the extreme. Like you... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They take it to the extreme. These are mil- this is millions of dollars. Yeah, exactly. Um, and even here in Connecticut, uh, we have trouble finding grants. Mm. They give them to people that are uh, Democrat leaning. Um, you have to literally kiss ass mm-hmm. to the government if you want to get really, really good grants. I don't want to say any names, but there are some orgs that I do have issue with that claim they do good work and they're getting D- DCF uh, money and they have to work with DCF as corrupt DCF is. Um, and it's just, it's just nasty. Yeah. So nasty. Um, but yeah, that's just, that's just a nonprofit world. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I learned about that quickly because when I joined a nonprofit that was government, that was like by the government, mm-hmm. AmeriCorps. I don't know if you're at AmeriCorps. Yes. AmeriCorps. Um, I was part of the meal, the meal program that was in Bridgeport, Connecticut, my um, hometown. 
And, you know, we, we acted like we were making a change, but mm-hmm. we really weren't making a change. Yeah. <laughs> we had to have our pitch mm. like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We had to sound like we knew what the fuck we were doing, even though we didn't really know what the fuck we were doing. Yeah. You know? um, and the government probably would get mad at me for saying that, but it's, <laughs> it's, what, it's the truth. God damn it. And that, that, Hey, that place got closed down. Yeah. You know, there's only public allies around here now. And um, the, I can't think of the other AmeriCorps program. It's about like ending um, hunger, mm-hmm. but they don't really do a lot to end hunger. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, let's teach people how to grow. But all right. I grew up in a black neighborhood. Nobody had fucking room to do a farm. Yeah, I was going to anyway. say, what's the point of learning how to grow if I've got nowhere to grow it? <laughs> right, right, right. So those are the type of things I have with certain nonprofits. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, of course. And especially like when your your intentions are so different to see places like that or organizations like that not be in it for the right reasons. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're not supposed to be um, involved with uh, electoral politics, but they are. And mm. um, on the, they do it in a very sketch way. And they get some money off of that, yeah. low key. So it's just, you know, nonprofits are interesting, but our nonprofit is the shit. <laughs> and we will continue to be the shit no matter what um, to the day that we all decease. It's only three of us right now. It's myself. My good friend's boyfriend and another Black Black Lives Matter activist mm-hmm. that's a part of it as well, too. Wow. It's just three of us. We don't have an exec, executive president, mm-hmm. director. We don't have none of that. We have a treasurer. We have, of course, we have all those things that, to make us legally be nonprofit. Yeah. But you have the roles. We'll, Everyone plays their part. <laughs> right. Right. We have a board and all that stuff. You got to have a board. And the board is very diverse. The board. Um, we have people. We have people. We had people from Syria. We had people from China. Oh wow! Um, now we have more local, and we have one person from the UK. Um, shout out to Le- to to Le- to Leia. Leia, <laughs> I love her. I you know like as much as I don't like, as much as I hate the the type of book. Don't you just the the type of colonization UK did? But when you get on a Zoom call with somebody with a British accent, don't you just like light up? There's something. I mean, like, to me, something about like <laughs> a lot of accents is just like it just makes people sound better. And it's like anything they right. say will sound good coming out of their right. mouth. And we're talking with our American accents. We're like we're not unique at all. I we're d- so boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I definitely feel that way sometimes. <laughs> especially like, needing to have a British listen to or... myself like a billion hours a day yeah I'm just like oh. <laughs> that's how it is every time I, I'm on a zoom call with her I just light up I'm like oh my god ladies <laughs> on the phone I'm going to hear her talk <laughs> but she's dope she's also Muslim um as well yeah I mean that's how that's how I started and now I've been in uh life of my days for about Three years now, you know. Um, What's it called again? And life, life in my days. Life in my days. Ooh, wow, yes. I like that. Yeah, that's really poetic. Life in my days dot com. If anybody wants to check it out, yes, for um, sure. I don't know how Ahmed came up with that name. I should ask them one day. It's yeah, it sounds really beautiful, mm-hmm. and it, I feel like there's got to be some deeper meaning behind it for sure. <laughs> right. Probably. Exactly. I I would assume it's a kind of like walk in my shoes type of thing but that's just like from hearing it off the top of my head <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah we'll find out. that's part of the reason why i started the podcast because i wanted to interview all these great freaking people yeah that uh i had the pleasure of knowing you know um let me know if i'm talking to us do you have any do you have another question or anything i don't know no no, no. If, this is good just the no? conversation flow and that's what it's all about <laughs> and it's always i probably said this a million times but it's always so funny to me when people are like sorry if i'm talking too much i was like that's what this is this is right. <laughs> this is nothing I but felt like i was talking too much <laughs> no i love it i love it I, there are times too when i like i can tell there's a thought like train going and I don't want to jump in because I have often like jumped in and then the thought gets lost. <laughs> right, right, right. So no, you're perfectly fine. 
Mm-hmm. And we also give out money to people. We try to like have like we had a family sponsorship program going on. Uh, we also had a, a cash program going on where we just give direct cash through like Vimbo or PayPal mm. to families in need. Oh um, wow! Yeah, um, which is why we always is it tell usually people to just donate. like local. Yeah, right now local. Um, I should have told the story from the beginning, but <laughs> so Metro Aid started when the pandemic happened. Okay. And Ahmed, the rock star they are, mm-hmm. um, was in Jordan when the pandemic happened. Oh, okay. And they were like, how can I help out? Damn, so, so this they is all literally, super fresh then. Yes, yes. Okay. They literally like did Zoom calls with activists in Connecticut all over talking about mutual aid and how we can do mutual aid. Uh, mutual aid is just essentially, you know, um, people of color, we all know what mutual aid is. Whenever we had issues that were somebody's house we could go to mm. for refuge, there was always somebody's house we could go have a meal at if if our family aren't able to feed us, mm-hmm. if we know we're that dirt poor and stuff. If You know, that's what mutual aid is, just yeah. providing resources to people. Helping your own community, um, too. Exactly. Helping your own community. And so Ahmed was literally such a rock star with just like talking to so many different activists in so many different towns. Like every single day, they were on a Zoom call with nurses. They was on a Zoom call with lawyers. Um, They were putting together the website, case management. And you started seeing also other mutual aid groups popping up out of nowhere to the point that hey, we're all doing mutual aid. Let's stay connected. Yeah. And we dropped a website that had the big cities, the major cities mm-hmm. information. And we started a um, hotline website where whoever needs something, they could put in their request or they could t- call as well too. And then we will get them hooked up either with what we know that we can give them, or if they're in a different town, we'll call the mutual aid group in that town or the nearest mutual aid group, and they will assist them. Wow. We started started doing like um, child care. This started being um, uh, help for the elderly people, um, taking elderly people to go grocery shopping, uh, washing elderly people's clothes, wow, uh, giving so family amazing. and needs food. Mm-hmm. Um, giving cash assistance, helping out immigrants, uh, undocumented people that are trying to get like their IDs and stuff, giving out free masks, giving out free hand sanitizer, um, driving people all over the place. Um, not to COVID sites, of course, because mm. you know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you can't drive somebody to COVID site. You definitely go catch COVID <laughs> if they got it. Like. <laughs> So that didn't happen, but all the other stuff, you know what I mean? And they started building food fridges. Now, my Asia, I was at, I took over um, after I met left with mutual aid as the mutual aid director. And now my Asia is the mutual aid director and she's doing such a badass job. Um, she was, a, she helped out with Bridgeport, my hometown to start a community fridge. Middletown wow. had a community fridge as well beforehand. And that's where everybody got the idea from. Mm-hmm. Um, in Middletown, shout out to Tanya. Tanya literally raised thousands of dollars. And she was able to distribute more money to families in need than the goddamn state was able to do. Damn, that's incredible. She outdid the damn state. Wow. <laughs> and that's, I mean, Amazing. that really shows too, like how much things can change with just like people helping each other and people looking out for each other. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know if it's just out here in Vegas or if it's like this in a lot of places, but I feel like there is not as much of a sense of community. I mean, maybe, maybe there are like some parts of Vegas that are like that, but I don't feel, I don't have that feeling like widely throughout our city. Mm. Maybe you could be the one that's so that seeing somebody's head that could do it, you know? Vegas is definitely a great opportunity. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, true. Yeah. There was this one pastor out here um, during like the the lockdown and everything who would just, mm-hmm. he was just like taking personal donations through like Venmo and PayPal. And every week he was just going to the grocery stores and just uh, mostly doing deliveries for like elderly people to keep them from having to go to the grocery store and just like also just trying to feed people who need it 
just like, you know, driving around to people within his church, but then also finding out from those people if there's other people that needed help and things like that. And mm. it's always great to see that stuff, of course. And, you know, yeah, Vegas can definitely do it. You, all, all it takes is just one person. That's like true. I said, I met literally just and yeah, they were all true. the way in Jordan. Mm-hmm. They were thousands of miles away in Jordan. Did they have a connection already to Connecticut that made them want to start it oh, there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, they started uh, the nonprofit here. They were living here. Okay. Um, they went to school here. Um, they were the reason why they were in Jordan is because they were so happy visiting family, and they oh. ended up staying for months mm. because the pandemic hit. Okay, gotcha. And nobody was allowed to travel and all this stuff. So, but damn, to be able to do that, like, still yeah. look out for your your home being so far away and being able to put that together without even being there. Mm-hmm. And then how did you end up getting connected to that? You were, were you just one of the people they reached out to? Well, I was already on staff. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And I was focused on um, my job because they were my boss mm-hmm. um, and it was just us. Yeah. It was just me and, and um, I met um, before we started expanding and hiring other people. Um, so I was doing the open mics in the art gallery. I was going to black businesses um, and hosting events there, letting them know that our following will be able to pay for the food and stuff. So they'll still make money and all that Mm. stuff, you know, just networking. So when the pandemic happened, I was like, what the hell am I going to do now? How am I going to continue to collect the check? So that's when somebody told me, shouts out to Wadnita um, from New London. She's an awesome person. She's an entrepreneur, um, Black-owned business woman. Um, she does a lot of awesome fucking work. Oh, my God. Especially for LGBTQ people. She has artists under her belt. She's just, I don't know how that woman has the energy, <laughs> honestly. She's a go-getter. She just gets it done. But, um, yeah, she told me that she's starting to do open mics on Zoom. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like, that shit can't work. How? <laughs> yeah. So I went to one of her open mics just to see how she's doing mm. it. And she was working out cool. and she had like a hundred people on there. And I was just like, what the fuck? If anybody could do this, of course, why do you do it? So I was like, oh God, I need to do this now. My boss is going to probably ask me why I'm not doing it. Now that you see and it can be that's done. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> And that's exactly what they did. They literally texted me. It was like, you know, we can do open mics on Zoom calls, right? (laughs) That's actually a pretty cool concept. That was not something I would have thought. But I mean, with that determination, but then also like wanting to still connect with people in whatever way we could. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was literally the norm for for a while now i mean i don't know how nevada is right now but connecticut's opened up oh no um, we're open, and open. We, oh y'all open yeah. open y'all have do you guys have at least masks uh we have uh, mask, restrict- a mask mandate but that's about it <laughs> okay awesome yeah yeah that's how we are too mask mandate yeah i mean that was the norm for a whole year mm-hmm. you didn't see your friend unless you was on a zoom call or yeah. something like that um and it literally was great because we were able to put more money in people's pockets and we were able to meet people from around the world and have people from around the world mm, share their yeah. talent. And that's, and, and that's, I guess that's what started me wanting to make the, not the, the podcast so bad because I started meeting so many, I started meeting more and more people than I was meeting while I was in the streets. I know. Shit, right. It's crazy. Like, police. It was <laughs> like it almost opened it up more because there was so much more possibility of like people so much farther right the tumblr squad shout out to the tumblr squad squad i was like frantically looking for artists and stuff and <laughs> finally the tumblr squad came through and stuff like that and it was like i got you mm-hmm. and i did an art gallery on on freaking um zoom damn an art and exhibit on zoom yes i had to do it that's, it had to be that's done. crazy i know <laughs> let me tell you that was stressful really how come? Oh yes, it's crazy because the first one was so easy to organize. Third one was so easy to organize. No, the second one was so easy to organize. The third one, for some reason, it was not working out. Um, and 
Shout out to Lena. Lena literally, she is such a rock star. She because she lives in Jordan. So she had to like literally stay up to like 3 a.m. Mm. To, to show her art. And she debuted one of her new pieces. Oh, that's so cool. On 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 the on the art gallery. And I was like, wow. And there was a lot of tech issues, a lot of shit going on. And I okay. felt so bad. That is the one downside. But, <laughs> yeah, she was it stressed me the hell out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like those Zoom calls were freaking amazing. And it got to the point that I wanted to keep doing it. I didn't want to go back to normal. To yeah, I was like, this is nice, man. I could literally sit in my pajamas and put my green screen on and talk my shit and just yeah. have people perform and all that stuff. And it was really great. But no, we got to go back to the door. So we got to try to have normalcy in our life. Eventually. So now we're... You ever think about this, doing like a combination now? No, I haven't yet, actually. Yeah, Not really. I think, I mean, yeah, I feel like once everything started to open up, everyone was just like, screw anything virtual. <laughs> but I feel like it's yeah. still a good avenue to keep because, yeah, we can reach so many people. It It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Especially for podcasts. Oh, it yeah. Is. I would not have started my podcast if it wasn't for Zoom. <laughs> right, right. Like, it literally started a whole new thing. Yeah. Um, so I can see how that is so much more valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still should be a continuation. Definitely. I don't have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. I know some people would be like, I need human connection. And I'm a human connecting person, but I really am not to the point where I want to just always, like, be in your face yeah. 24-7. <laughs> it, like, I'm not like that, but yeah, it'd be a cool like once in a while thing to do. Right, right. And I think I think um so what we do at the Party for Socialism Liberation, we do forums still on Zoom. Oh. So our forums are very awesome. We do like Latinx. We did a Latinx forum uh last time and talked about Leonard Paltier, who is an indigenous uh um activist that has been in prison and they Framed him saying that he killed FBI agents when he didn't. And he's gonna he's old now and I'm afraid that he might die in prison. Mm. But we did a we did a forum to acknowledge him, talk about his struggle. Um so and we talked about Afghanistan and all that stuff. So we're still doing forums on Zoom. Okay. Um and those are dope. Yeah. I like those. Sometimes we don't get that many people, but hey, you know, it's recorded. You can see it. All you got to do is go on Facebook. <laughs> oh, yeah, that actually sounds interesting. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, um, Connecticut, there's mad branches. There's like, fit, I think we are, have a branch in every state right now. Okay. I'm pretty sure we have 50 branches now. Wow. I got to yeah. check. <laughs> it's the biggest growing third party. And it's a lot of people our age um, and also old people too. But it's mostly <laughs> led. The way you um, said that, <laughs> old people too. <laughs> No offense to old people. Listen, I'm gonna be there soon. And hey, look, I want to be. I want to be old. That's not even like <laughs> that should be a goal to be yeah, old. Yeah, I know <laughs> you didn't mean it as an insult. It just sounded so funny. The yeah, way I, you know, said I know. It. I'm always like old people. This old people that yeah, old people. <laughs> but shout out to old people. I love y'all, <laughs> except for the, the Nazi old people. Y'all can kick, kiss my ass. But anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's the most youth-led um, party. We have a oh, shit ton of members. I think we're the biggest third party in the country at this point. Wow. And we have uh, media outlets like Breakthrough News. That's a big media outlet that just came out, I think. Actually, it came out the same week the pandemic happened. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> they had all these plans. Um and they're like, Fuck that we gotta rethink how we're gonna do this because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of plans. <laughs> right? All the damn traveling we had and, and thought and all shit. Monica Joy is a great person. I interviewed her. She's a producer and a host of Breakthrough News. Okay. A lot of phenomenal work. They oh, talk I about actually work. think I was listening to some of her episode. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's she's interesting. Uh yeah. Sputnik. We have Sputnik um presence. Um it's funny since we have Sputnik presence, people think we're Russian agents, but hey, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I am not from Bridgeport, Connecticut, right outside of Moscow. I am <laughs> from Bridgeport, Connecticut, right out in the, United in States. the US, <laughs> United States. Yes. I have never been to Russia. All right. I don't have any intentions to go to Russia. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe you just hear Cuba, the name Sputnik. But, <laughs> right? You hear the name Sputnik, you're like, oh, Russian bots. No. <laughs> it got nothing to do with me, okay? Nothing to do with me. But yeah, I enjoy being a part of that. I enjoy being a part of the, the nonprofit. What, what really helps me is just seeing, what really motivates me is just seeing how many people we touch, you know? Yeah, I was just about to say, because I mean, clearly, like you can tell you enjoy what you do, especially like with the podcast and everything, like your conversations are always so upbeat, even when they are like sometimes difficult subjects. Mm-hmm. And I feel like stuff like that can be so mentally exhausting sometimes. And like, how do you deal with that or just like keep pushing through it? Because this is like, for some people, for actually most people who this is like such a minimal part of their life, they hear it on the news or whatever, and they're just like, oh, it's too much. And this is like so prevalent in your life. And how yeah. do you deal without getting mentally drained by everything? I don't know. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, I just make it, I just decide that humans are going to be humans. And I respect where they came from. I respect how they were raised. I try not to judge, but I'm a human as well. So of course I'm going to judge, Um, but I don't try to allow my judgments to dictate my character. Mm I I don't know. I think about it a lot. I have an amazing girlfriend as well that allows me to rant um, Mm. and listen. That's a good um, thing. Yeah. Get it off your chest. <laughs> right. If I didn't have her, I don't know who else I would rant to, honestly, because my ex-boyfriends didn't want to hear me rant. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, she's literally a saving grace at, the, at when it comes to that. Um, That's so nice. I, I, yeah. I mean, I smoke weed. I'm <laughs> pissed helps. off. That helps, helps a relax. lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, <sighs> let's but just I smoke mean, a joint. <laughs> even the fact that like you I feel like the fact that you're kind of like even finding it hard to figure out an answer to that question kind of makes it feel like you don't take it on so much on yourself like which is a really great thing to be able to do especially being in that space of like because it can be so easy sometimes to take all the pressures of everything and feel it on yourself especially Mm -hmm. when you're working so closely with like those those uh, organizations and those people well yeah I mean I'm not going to lie. There are times when I'll break down and cry, but yeah, it's not as... I feel like it would be hard not to. Right, right. Like, what happened... I don't want to mention this person's name, but he oh, was a, he was an immigrant, um, an undocumented person that has raised a family here for years. Their family contributes. Um, they earn all this stuff and fought so hard to keep them in the country. And we... We couldn't keep them in the country. They mm. still, they still deported him, separated him from his wife and his kids. So, that that type of shit, yeah, yeah, fucks, of course, fucks me up. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I gotta keep remembering that um, there's gonna be wins and there's gonna be losses, and I I have to know that as long as I give a hundred percent in what I am doing mm-hmm. and being true, you know. I've had people try to call me Islamophobic, which is crazy. I, I work for Islamic ran um, nonprofit, but apparently I'm Islamophobic. But <laughs> um, I had people try to get me fired. I didn't agree with my uh, revolutionary politics and mm. all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like what Castro has said. Um, the truth will vindicate me at mm. the end of the day. The truth. Will always come out. Yeah. No matter what. You can say all these things about me. You can say I'm not effective in this, um, or I'm not effective in that. Like, it's just sad because we're so busy trying to like beef with each other and Yeah. Oh my god, yes. Um compete. I never I didn't even think that there was a thing called being competitive when you were an activist. Like oh, how yeah. Yeah, that's definitely become more of a thing lately. Yeah, I'm just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You're competing for what? What do you want? What? What what the hell do you want? But I mean, I just you know I smoke weed, and (laughs) 
I mean, especially with stuff like that, I feel like at the end of the day, it all comes back to intention. I mean, to try and compete in a space like that, it's like clearly you're not, you don't have the right intention because you're not looking at the bigger picture. Right. And I mean, narcissism. Yeah. And for you, your bigger picture is what like keeps you in it and keeps you going through it. Yeah. Public safety. Amazing. You know? Mm-hmm. Free housing, healthcare, all that shit. I want to yeah. get that shit for my people. Yeah, I don't see how that's competitive. Mm-hmm. I don't. Oh yeah, maybe, exactly. Maybe people might lose jobs. Um, that run insurance companies and all that shit, and got to figure out what to do with that. But there's free healthcare in Europe, and it works. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Be feel bad for them? Like, no, man, you got to find a new occupation. No. You probably do have to find a new occupation, but you'll have free health care. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, give and takes things <laughs> to life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I had people come at me about that, too. Like, you fucking communists, what do you mean free health care? That shit don't fucking work here in America. Everybody got to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again, everything's a business. <laughs> everything's a business, you know? And I, 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 uh, there are a lot of people that are like that and you just gotta like filter them out but honestly yeah. the sad part is that their influence turns people off mm. and it makes it a lot more harder for someone like me that's trying to like unite the working class no matter what point of views they have because they got hurt by that person yeah you know that's why i hate cancel culture it oh pisses God. me off i'm the same way i hate that like do you I don't know. People can change and people need to be yeah. given the opportunity to change. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if you see that they don't then ignore them, don't even fucking relate your life to them. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that hard. You know, you know yeah. why I know it's not that hard when you have an ex, what you do, you don't talk to them ever again. <laughs> Just treat them like That's an good ex. example. <laughs> Is it like, Oh, I don't fuck with you no more. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to go on Facebook and be like, fuck you, cancel you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, no. Just don't fuck with them no more. Treat them like an ex. So before <laughs> closing this out, I want to ask, because obviously we've touched on a lot of great things um, mm. and your nonprofit. Was there anything else you wanted to bring attention to before we wrapped it up? Um. Well, you know, since it's Indigenous People's Day, I got to acknowledge that. Yes. And it's so important to um, not just take it as, uh, oh, it's over now. Indigenous people have been acknowledged in America because we have a holiday now. It, there's so much more work mm-hmm. that has to be done. If if there's any if there's any group of people that you want to like, feel like you want you should support wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. You should support Native Americans yes. um, and all Indigenous people around the world, all of them from Asia, Africa, Canada. <laughs> Canada, even here, even in Europe, with Northern Ireland, Irish people that are still under the occupation of the UK, mm. the bloody UK, because you know they are literally the backbone of thriving as society. Yeah, with the climate, yeah, everything. They they're not going to do that bu- that bullshit that makes climate change a threat to our lives. Climate yeah. change is natural, but we make it worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so I just think honoring them and always fighting for them is what is going to help save not only um, this planet, but help us get back to that decolonizing mind yeah. before before the states happened, before the UK took over the whole world, before all that, mm-hmm. you know, um, work and, with them. Yeah, that's why it's so important, yeah. you know, and if you are native out there. Or any kind of indigenous person from whatever country you are originally from, be proud of it. Yeah. Don't try to hide it. That's one thing that I had to dealt with. I'm 29 years old, and it took me to be 22 to finally accept and love being black. It took me to be 25 to accept that I might be also indigenous but I felt embarrassed with really? knowing that my grandmother was probably Native American as well, too. Well, because, you know, it was frowned upon. Yeah. Um, 
our culture tried to ignore, you know, mm-hmm. they try to ignore the past. That's, they still, yeah. I mean, that's why Trump was president. It, they wanted <laughs> to ignore the past. They didn't want to acknowledge it. And I had a lot of white teachers and I went to a white school. So I always tried to be like them, but they always remind me with their black jokes. Mm, and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's always a beautiful my hair. thing to hear <laughs> when someone comes into their own like that and just right. fully embracing who you are. Cause I've also kind of struggled with that, but in a different way, because mm. for my native and Mexican side, I didn't grow up around that culture. I grew up around my Filipino culture. So I just never felt enough to be able to say like, I'm proud of that because like, I just didn't know it. And I didn't Mm. feel like I could say that, you know, Mm. and that's definitely changed in my adult life. But yeah, it's, it was definitely something I also struggled with. And it's kind of interesting to see how we both had that mindset, but for two like completely opposite reasons. Right, mm-hmm. right. And you feel so much better yes. when you're able to accept all of you. Yes. You know? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I want everyone to do. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's my passion right there. That's why I connect with people. Love that so much. You know, it took me a while to be like an hour to figure that out. But there you go. That's my passion. <laughs> I mean, it all came back around. It's still, yeah, it but did. yes, I love that so much. And so, what parting words of wisdom or advice do you want to leave people with today? I'm going to act like a straight up socialist right now. What Che Guevara, what che Guevara said, uh, we, the working class, there, there are no borders in the working class. No borders at all. Borders are imaginary lines. We all have something in common, mad things in common as the working class people. So keep that in mind whenever you hear someone being racist or being um, a bigot of some sort of transphobic, homophobic, um, being sexist towards women. Keep that in mind. And talk to that motherfucker. (laughs) Address that shit. Do not even, don't let them get away with it. (laughs) 